Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. Today I have an interesting guest on. It is someone a little bit left field for the uh, for the regular potty uh, and that was pun intended. It is Bruce Zette who is the CEO of the Committee for Adelaide but some of you may actually know Bruce as the former professional footballer who made his Socceroos debut in 2008. Bruce is also and has also represented clubs in several countries, including Turkey, China, South Korea, and Indonesia. Bruce is a current board member of the South Australian Multicultural Commission and the Australia Day Council of South Australia, as well as being a member of Welcoming Australia's Welcoming Clubs Advisory Committee. Bruce is also a football analyst on Network 10 and Paramount+. Plus. He's got many strings to his bow and he is also the ambassador for the upcoming 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup uh, and was most recently the Adelaide United Football Club's Director of Football. And whilst that does sound very sport heavy, we're not actually talking at all about sport today. We're talking about uh, his recent a vision for Adelaide in South Australia and more specifically around leaders communicating that that vision and how do you get other people on board on board when it comes to big ideas big purpose um, and putting some parameters in place around that I loved having a chat with Bruce today uh, let's dive in I'm sure you'll enjoy it too welcome to the made for more podcast I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today, I'm excited to have uh, one of SA's great leaders on the show today. Uh, please join me in welcoming Bruce Jitte to the podcast. Hello, Bruce. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Now, I wanted to just pre-frame uh, today's episode for anyone who has come here Googling soccer star or anything to do with sports, I wanted to remind you this is a leadership podcast. And uh, whilst Bruce is most known for his accolades in the sporting arena, in the past, you're now making some waves uh, in a leadership and, and CEO role here in SA. So tell us a little bit around where have you come from and where are you going? Um, born in the States, yeah. <laughs> if we're going back that far. Um, moved to Sydney when I was about two, two and a half years old. Um, grew up there, school there, or, and, and you know, all my education and high school years um, in Sydney. And then um, from there, moved to Canberra, went to the Australian Institute of Sport. This is all football related, obviously. Um, and football, football really took me all over the world. So moved to Canberra, moved to Adelaide following that to, to, to play for Adelaide United and then um, moved to Turkey, uh, Gold Coast, China, back to Adelaide, South Korea, Indonesia, back to Sydney, and then um, back to Adelaide to take up a football director role at, at Adelaide United. So that was 2019, um, did that for a few years and then uh, threw my hat in the ring for the committee for Adelaide role and 
was lucky enough to get it and now the CEO of the Committee for Adelaide and I'm really enjoying it. Wonderful. So you have literally been everywhere, man, uh, yeah. um, like, that, <laughs> like that song. So how's your passport going being, um, I guess, in one place for a short amount, a longer amount of time? How, how are you finding that? Yeah, so passports used to be a bit of a pain because I'd go through all the pages and then I was oh. in Turkey and they said, you know, you can get a double thick one, you know, the normal yeah. passport might have 32 pages. This one's got 64. Like, yep. get me that one. <laughs> get me the, get me the um, book of, of did, passports. Yeah, didn't get through that whole book. Um, gave it a fair, fair crack though. And then, um, you know, obviously... The, the, the stamps haven't been flying the last couple of years thanks to COVID and a range of other things, but happy to be in one place for an extended period of time, that's for sure. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm Adelaide born and bred, so I've known that Adelaide is brilliant for uh, my entire lifetime. But tell me, what made you uh, decide to settle down in Adelaide? What do you love about it right now? I love the potential that it has. I think it's got tremendous amount of potential and um, I feel like I've always been in positions where I could help sort of have the state realise that potential, whether it was um, playing football and, and, you know, got to the grand final of the Asian Champions League, that really put out a plan on, the, on a lot of maps that it might not have been on uh, in the past. Um, or whether it's in this role and, and coming up with policy ideas that, that will help the state fulfil its potential. So um, I love the potential that, that this place has and, you know, it's got a range of very good things, like a very strong network I have here, fantastic friends, um, you know, all my in-laws and stuff are here as well. So there's a lot of positives um, um, with Adelaide and good opportunities now in this state which it hadn't had an abundance of in the past you could argue yeah I think you're absolutely right we're certainly seeing a lot of shift um, particularly in the tech space in the um, aviation space exploration there's some really cool stuff happening um, I guess in our entrepreneurial hub in near you isn't it in uh, is it lot, lot 14, 14. yeah lot 14 and just recently there was an article that came out and I was like yes this is brilliant I love it and it was um by the advertiser and it talked about your policy uh and the, and the vision and and what uh, committee for Adelaide is going to be doing driving forward so tell me a little bit or share a little bit about those details um and the plans that you have yeah obviously we have a population target that we think is important. Um, bear in mind that, you know, both political parties have had population targets in, 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 in the past. Um, we come from a, a policy growth and fulfilling potential um, viewpoint, not from a politics um, sort, of, sort of lens. Um, and, you know, we think 2 million for the state by, by 2030 would, would give us, you know, strong growth um, in a number of, in all sectors, if, if, if you like, and, and especially um, would be fantastic for, for the economy plus the opportunities that it brings. I think there's a big education piece that needs to happen around the fact that a lot of people create jobs. Where There's a view that people take jobs, you know, um, some of the uneducated feedback I, I got from just randoms around the place was like, yeah, but you know, we've got the highest unemployment rate in the nation. So 
if you have more people, what are they all going to do? <laughs> That's like, you know, these people create jobs. More people you have, the more jobs you're going to have, the more opportunities you're going to have. Um, and, and, you know, th th there needs to be that understanding that the state's actually underperformed. If we've grown at the national average for the last three decades, we'd have 2.1 million people today. <laughs> Ooh, I, so, I love a good so, statistic. Well, and, and, and that's the reality. You know, we've, we've underperformed the rest of the country. Um, it's important that we recognise that and, and find ways to, to resolve that issue. And, and, and we'd go a long way to resolving the issue if we stopped our best and brightest from exiting the state as soon as they got the opportunity to. And, and that's something that, that needs to be addressed. Yeah, so are you referring there to the brain drain, the, yeah, the air quotes so, brain drain? Yeah. It's so common, it's uh, got its own term here. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? So just to give um, the listeners some context, we're probably sitting at about 1.75 yep, for a population. Right. Is that about right? So growth yep. of 250,000 yep. uh, people in the eight next years. eight years. So what do you think that will mean? Like, What do you think is going to be the biggest um, sectors or industries that we're really going to start to see that growth happening? Look, we believe um, very strongly in a future that is going to be tech heavy. Um, they are growing rapidly and have the ability to grow rapidly. You know, after pay got sold for $29 billion, Canada's worth $50 billion. Uh, Super SA has been around for donkey's years and wouldn't have that much money in assets under management. So do you know what I mean? These companies have yeah, been around for a decade. <laughs> after pay's yeah. been around for less than a decade. So, um, you know, that just shows the, the level of growth and prosperity and um job opportunities etc that, that that comes in that space but i also think there needs to be some education around um the fact that population growth actually makes for better amenities and better infrastructure if done properly um and say oh but we're gonna have traffic but the roads won't be the same they will be better you know you can yeah. actually justify um, significant infrastructure spend um, because you've got the critical mass of people that warrants it. Um, there's there's a whole lot of benefits that that comes with population growth, and I don't think population growth is a pol policy in and of itself. Um, it's part of a broader, successful economic story and, and policy settings for the state. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit around um, how did you go from looking after Adelaide United to then going, you know what, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for Committee of Adelaide. What was the, what was your thought process? What was your decision-making process to go, yep, I'm going to literally hang up the boots um, and, and try something new? I like challenges. I like change. Um, oh, there you go. I think people often put others in a box because it just helps them to calibrate their brains, you know, they know so many people, so many different things, so many different sectors. Like, okay, if we can just put, if we can just label people and put them in different boxes and it makes us easier for our brains to decipher. But I think the reality is that I've always felt like I was in control of my own destiny. I do what I want to do, not what others want me to do or what others suggest I should do or, or what have you. I have my own mentors and, um, bounce ideas off them from from time to time, um, but I find it funny that you know people are like, oh, I thought you'd never leave football. So why? 
Oh my goodness! Isn't it funny? Yeah, <laughs> that's know. right. Oh, you know, but they... I thought you'd go into this, or I thought you'd go into that. It's like, man, I don't know. Well, that's because you don't know me from a bar of soap. <laughs> Do you know? Like, yeah, um, just on screen, you. Yeah, like for me, it was um, a couple of things. I think there's a lot of potential for the committee for Adelaide that that wasn't being realised. Um, big challenge, and but but also a big opportunity to to make something of the organisation. Um, really good team here. Um, but in saying that, it was a really good team at Adelaide United. And I felt the same about that organisation because when I came in um, on the nose with the community, you know, the very popular German coach had just gone. Um, there was a lot of sort of negativity around the club if you like lost its identity who are we no one knows who the owners are what do we stand for etc um i felt like i was able to play a part in changing that around bring it more essay focused younger players keep the quality um and i was able to do that with a very good team um from staff to players to coaches and office staff and the ceo's great as well um but I was that like that was able to happen in a quicker time frame because of COVID. Mm -hmm. ah, so it was probably okay. like four or five year project that yep. we're essentially able to do in two. Yeah. Because yeah, all the deadwood left during COVID. Um, <laughs> you know, you were able to make changes far quicker because anyone who didn't believe in it, or, yep. or you know, they they left anyway. Um, yeah. You know, through the darkest times, you know, the, the, those that aren't 100% wedded to something, they'll leave. Yeah. Um, so what we were left with was actually the real committed ones. And then, you know, lucky enough to get a South Australian coach and a South Australian system coach and um, get good young players to continue to come through, successfully sell them overseas. Um, and then, to be honest, the... the you know, that, that was sort of like, okay, tick, tick, tick. Um, what are we doing next? How can we grow the club? You know, yeah, what right. investment's coming in and all that? And when it came clear to me there wasn't any sort of concrete medium-term challenges, you know, yeah. then that also was a factor in me thinking, well, <laughs> I just want to stay here and keep doing the same things. I mean, there was a lot of things going on around yeah. Women's World Cup and, you know, yeah. getting um, funding from the government to upgrade the stadium. So there was a lot of projects sort of going on um, yeah. within that time. Um, and I didn't see any on the horizon. So I thought, okay. I didn't think at that time, well, okay, I've got to go do something else. I still enjoyed the, the, the role and, and love the club and, and everything. But then this opportunity came up and I thought, you know what, I'll just throw my hat in the ring, see yeah. how it goes. Always I, been tapped on the shoulder for stuff. I'll just go for the interview process, if nothing else. <laughs> I love it. And I think it's really interesting to go, um, you know, get out of that short-term thinking as in what's, you know, next season or next year versus where do I actually want to go in the next you know three to five or, or yeah, what, right. what's what's for looking forward for me in the future if there's nothing what what decisions and what um 
I guess, what choices can I make right now? So that you, when you look back in three to five years, you're not going, oh, I'm still here and I'm still, you know, exactly. cranking the handle. Doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> doing, doing the exact same thing. So um, just before I hit record, we were talking about um, when you and I first met, which was at a coffee with PK session. So big shout out Love to those. PK who has Legend. been uh, running and leading coffee networking online online and in real life for almost all of COVID, which has been incredible. But we met there and one of the things that really stood out, because I didn't know who you were, don't don't follow um, footy or soccer. Uh, one thing that you were talking about is the conversations that you're having with your team and how tough they were. But what I wanted to touch on was you, you mentioned just before around being wedded to something and then people can drive that forward. With your team that you've now uh, adopted, taken over, looking after, leading um, at Committee for Adelaide. How are you noticing this, you know, this big strategy piece of the 2030 2 mil population by that time? Uh, how have you found getting the team on board for that? Oh, I think first and foremost, it's not our idea as in individuals, um, member-based organisation, we, we uh, advocate for what the members want. So that's pretty clear. Um, so that idea comes from them, and it's not the only one. You know, there's, there's, we've got a policy out there on, you know, the the implementation of a five hundred million dollar high growth SA fund. Um, you know, whether that be in pre seed capital, um, venture capital, um, Series A through D, private equity growth. Um, not all for South Australia, but you know, you'd, you'd deploy a high percentage of that within the state. But you'd also um, look to deploy a, a smaller percentage of that globally, which we think would help attract capital here as well. Um, and, and, and you know, $500 million in the, in the scheme of, of capital markets is, isn't a drop in the ocean, but it's better than what we have now, which is, which is essentially not much. Um, so, you know, there's there's a number of things around international students and, and how can we keep them here to fill skill shortages and skills gaps that are that are abundant throughout the globe, but essentially throughout Australia and South Australia um, as well. Um, you know, how do we market the state? Um, I've got my own personal views on that. I think we should market Adelaide, not South Australia, because I've lived all over the world and no one knows South Australia. <laughs> you know? ah, um, isn't that interesting? And, and, and no one knows New South Wales either for that matter, but they all know Sydney. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think you know, we're gonna do a body of work on, on, on that as well. So um, they're sort of our policy priorities um, that we'll be advocating um, for this year. And yeah. it's all around the betterment of, of Adelaide and South Australia. But the team is um, completely committed to, you know, providing value for, for the members, which is essentially why, why, why we exist, to provide value for the members. That's, that's a commercial side. Yeah. Um, and, and equally to help South Australia fulfil its potential by, you know, doing our best to, to advocate, advocate, be thought leaders, provide a voice for members, and, and really um, make sure that the right sort of ideas and policies can, can be given to the powers that be and, and implemented to, to make the requisite changes that we believe along with our members um, are, are required if the state's to fulfill its potential because 
we're not some advocacy group that you're going to see complaining about restrictions or the day-to-day -day and, and the weeds of things. Everything yeah. we do is is aiming for 2030. And it's like, okay, we all know what the problems are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the easy stuff. Everyone yeah. can throw stones. You know, what yeah. solutions are required? Um, what solutions need to be implemented in order for us to address the issue. That's 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 the that's the you know area where we play. So we've talked about one of the issues is the is the brain drain. Another one is around, you know, how do we actually market it so people know know where to yeah. go, you know, which which plane ticket to buy so they actually end up in this brilliant state. Uh, what are some of the things, you know, you've got your you've got your um, members that are already on board with this and, and doing stuff in their own space. What about businesses or even individuals or decision makers um, within SA? What types of things can they be doing? Can they be thinking about? Can they be talking about to help move this along to become, um, you know, this this state that has um, great growth and, and opportunity by 2030? Organisations can always join the committee. <laughs> Organisations join the committee. Put Individuals the link in, can't. <laughs> put, put, put the link in the, in the notes. Um, Organisations can. Um, um, individuals cannot. But I think there needs to be um, a mindset shift in, in the state. Mm. You know, we've got the second, we've got the oldest median age population um, in mainland Australia. Yep. That's a problem. Um, we've got... Um, you know, 6.8% of the nation's population um, is in South Australia. It used to be 8, 8 8.4, 8.5%, mm -hmm. not more than 30 years ago. So, you know, the, the, our relative influence is actually going backwards. Yeah. And and if, if we don't change the mindset, the amount of people who've said, you know, you know, don't prove how good Adelaide is, you know, we're the best kept secret. That's how we like it. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. we like comfortable, we like easy. We don't want to see any, you know, growth really because we just like it the way it is right now. We, nothing needs to change. Well, yes. <laughs> you stand still, you go backwards because everything else is getting better. Everything else is um, being advanced. Um, and that means that they're either going past you or getting further away from where you are yeah. um, and and over time uh, you end up becoming a backwater and and the state is at risk of of, of that happening um, without some bold ambitious future focused policy yeah so what do you think individual organizations should be preparing for so that they don't end up the backwater so they don't let, get left standing still what's their I think they've what's got their a, focus they've got, a, they've got to position themselves for growth Yep. Because failing to do so, we'll just see more people leave, more more organisations leave, yeah. And very, it'll be more and more difficult to attract a good, high caliber people here. Mm. Um, I think they can be more open minded to a degree as well. Um, there's a lot of talent here that 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 we come across, um, migrants a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, you know, what high school did you go to? Want. Adelaide <laughs> is a very clicky place, you know, yeah. and they miss out on a lot of very good talent that then moves into state and does exceptionally well. Um, that was here. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. welcomed, not appreciated. Um, appreciated in bigger, more cosmopolitan cities because there's, there's, there's more people like them there and there's a more open-mindedness and growth mindset there. So I think, uh, you know, without a change in, in, in that, you yeah. know, it, yeah. it becomes very, very challenging. 
Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And I think there is, you know, it's no surprise people in Adelaide, there is this six degrees of separation, which is more like two um, here. And I, you know, I'm, I'm victim, victim of that. And I'm also the driver of that as well. You know, you kind of recognize someone's surname and be like, oh, you related to such and such. And sure enough, you probably went to school with their cousins. if you're someone who comes from the outside in, or if you're someone who grew up here, left for a decade or two and has now come back, um, that's a challenge, you know, people won't hire you because you don't, have a network. Yes. But you don't have a network here. You know, it's like I ran an investment fund in Singapore that is bigger than your whole state economy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got well, a couple. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? But they, 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 they won't touch you here. Yeah. You know, a lot so, of organisations, um, um, I don't even, even know if it's the organisations or, or, or the recruitment arms or the recruiters. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a mixture of both. But then there needs to be um, a more embracing attitude you know, to, yeah. to, to people aren't from from here or yeah. who may not rock up with a pre-made network here. Yes. So you've been here for two years. In my last stint, yeah, probably about 10 yeah. on and off. <laughs> on and off. So you've got a huge network. I mean, I always joke that you're everywhere um, all the time. Where, whenever, wherever I go, you seem to be there as well. And, and then I see you in all sorts of places as well. How have you gone to build your network? Obviously, it's key in any, um, in any city to have people around you that can say your name in the right rooms at the right time and also people to support you outside of, you know, your career as well. What did you do to... I guess grow your network or <clears throat> make it make it a priority for you. I think I'm a bit of an anomaly in the sense that, you know, it's like professional sport, it, it can open a lot of doors. Um, when things are going well, everyone wants to know you, and things aren't, they don't. <laughs> but but while things are going well, and everyone wants to know you, if you're a decent human being without an agenda or something untoward. Um, it's pretty easy to get along with people um, and I did and I always kept in touch with people and even when I was overseas or interstate um, and it just builds from from there I think in a you know I've got a strong network here I've got a strong network in in, in Sydney um, and I just like people <laughs> you know and I find people interesting you know and just it's, like and people it's, it's not, as simple as that yeah well, I, I'm interested in a whole range of things. So I enjoy meeting people from a whole range of different walks of life. Um, you know, whether it's the CEO of a multinational corporation or whether it's, yes. you know, just a migrant who came over as a refugee and is at the local soccer club and um, his parents are trying to find work or her parents are trying to find work and, you know, who can you connect them with? I enjoy hearing the stories, how they got to where they did, you know, whether it's an artist, whether it's someone in tech, whether it's someone in sport, I, I, I just find um, th- th- those stories, the people legitimately interesting, whereas a lot of people don't. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, you know, oh, I'm interested in this, like my person's an artist, like, I've got no interest in art. <laughs> no. Yes. So yes. I, I, I don't, I don't have that mindset um and I, and I tend to meet a lot of good people i like to keep in touch with so makes for a busy life you have so, to say no to a lot of things yes say yes yes um, isn't that a tricky thing yeah. yeah it is it's a challenge but but it's good it's good 
So you mentioned that you travelled a lot. Um, from here, there and everywhere. And I'm sure you would have made lots of friends and acquaintances over time. Did you, because you can speak multiple languages, can't you? French and English. French and English. Okay. Do you find that that, I guess, that different perspective of experiencing and immersing yourself in a culture where you can learn another language has made you more open to how people work and tick and motivates them? I think living overseas is best education I had because you can see different perspectives and why they arrived at, at those views. You can understand people better. And I've lived in very diverse, you know, I didn't go to London or New York. Do you know what I mean? Different. Yeah, yeah you got um, to experience you know, a, a broader Turkey, spectrum. China, Korea, Indonesia, it's, 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 it's very different. My brothers live in the US, you know. Um, yeah. I was born there. I grew up in Australia. Like it's 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 all experiences. You know, a lot of my family lives in Africa, so um, you can understand why, and you get an understanding as to why the world is the, the the way it is, and why people think the way that they they do, and why the media acts and and yeah. and does the things that it does, and and it's a very important perspective to have to keep things in. Um, you know, to keep things in perspective. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, most people that I get to chat with on the show are lovely and invested in, you know, in other people, but it's very rare that people talk about, oh, I'm just actually really interested in other people's human stories. Mm. Um, and I think you get that interest from recognising and hearing and living stories from people that are outside of your regular bubble and or outside, right. of, and- outside of your comfort zone. And if you're born in Adelaide, you're probably not coming across a great, <laughs> different, diverse range of yes. stories. <laughs> yeah, probably all quite similar. <laughs> they probably um, are all quite similar. You know, everyone has a story, and and, and they're all different. But but this, you know, there's a, there's a spectrum of you know difference, and, and and it wouldn't be a great great deal here. Um, but yeah, I'm lucky in that sense that football gave me that opportunity yeah yeah and I think people just recognizing that that they can make their own opportunity as well you know you you had it in football and and you can recognize how important that was um but people just you know asking a question saying hello at the bus stop saying hello at the at the supermarket and the checkout and being a decent human being um I think is something that we underestimate how powerful it's important very yeah very important everyone's having a challenge everyone's having a tough time so it's important to be 100 yes so um full steam ahead for committee of adelaide what's on the horizon for you for the committee for adelaide we were just having a meeting actually earlier today around you know what are we um going to be doing over the next couple of months um we'll keep advocating for our policy priorities that's that's definite obviously federal election in may will be interesting Mm um might have a few events around that time as well. Um, and yeah, and then we just keep pressing forward. We'll keep growing and keep building our, our influence and come up with some bold, ambitious solutions to the challenges that face the state, not just tomorrow, but in the future as well. Bold, ambitious solutions. What do you reckon is the most ambitious? <laughs> Don't have the solution yet. Ah, do you need to have the solution for it to be ambitious? 
well, I don't know, there's a scale to these things. You know, there's, I thought 2 million by 2030 was, wasn't a headline grabber, but Jesus, it can't go anywhere yeah. without someone talking about it. So yeah. it certainly got people going. Um, so there's a scale. <laughs> Do you know what I think? I think it you is. Know. I think it's um, people talking about growth and advancement, innovation, development, whatever it happens to be, versus putting an actual figure on it. I don't think people are bold enough to yeah, to go, right, by this time we're going to grow population by 250,000, which yeah. I agree to me that that doesn't seem but like. I think, I think it doesn't seem like a great deal, no, but, but it's a real South Australian mindset where they just yeah. jump to the problem mm. where they're going to live. Yeah. We don't have enough hospitals already. We don't have yeah. enough hospital beds. It's like, yeah. oh, so we're not going to build another hospital. like you're not going to build more house yeah but we've got housing housing problem now it's like yeah i know but that there's a solution to that problem yes you know yeah but what are they going to just be 40 kilometers from the city are they going 80 kilometers from the city do you want infill yeah probably have a bit of both (laughs) you know like 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 like, i might blow your mind but guess what probably do a bit of both yeah but to get the infrastructure out there okay then well you're answering your own question do the infill then yeah no, so do you but think... they jump to the problem as opposed to cool wonder what their ideas are on how we're going to do that because that yeah. would be like i have no idea about it so yeah. i'd love them to tell me how that's going to happen no 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 yeah. it's like can't do that no. we're just little old adelaide that builder and we're, they will we're come just, we're just south australia you know we couldn't possibly it's a mindset thing. Yeah. You guys have been traumatized. Everyone tells me like everyone tells me it's like this state bank collapse. But like that was so <laughs> long ago. <laughs> oh my goodness, not you're moved right. On from that? Because in, in 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 other everywhere else I've lived, it is not like that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And People you don't like, know. You don't want to be you... Sydney or Melbourne. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Guess what? Sydney and Melbourne had 2 million people a long time ago. <laughs> and we're talking statewide. We're not just talking about the metropolitan Adelaide. yeah so do you know it's it's you, you really need to shift the mindset it's a t- it takes time it takes yeah. time um and, and and there's a mindset shift that needs to happen but that shouldn't scare people from being ambitious for the state so what do you think will happen with some of the regional uh beautiful regional um areas in sa i've certainly spent a lot more time exploring outside of my one kilometre uh, radius over COVID because we haven't been able to travel. And I, I feel a little bit awful that I haven't done more of it or haven't done it sooner because there are some exceptionally magnificent places. Um, there's tourism places and there's, there's, there's also regional towns that will disappear yeah. Yeah. and get population growth. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they, they had three times more people 30 years ago than they have today. Yeah, like, it's interesting, We're going backwards. Yeah. Mm. Um, not everyone needs to live in the CBD. Yeah. You know, but if, if, if you don't have enough people, you'll always have this push and pull effect. Yeah. And that's what we have today, where yes. it's hard to grow because there's not enough people to justify. It doesn't make commercially viable to, mm. to, to expand your business or to, uh, you know, open another cafe. And these, these, are, these are job creators. They can't mm. create more jobs because there's not enough people, one, to either take the job and, yeah. and, and, and two, to, to be consumers in order to make it commercially viable to either open longer or, or to open more um, in, in, in more jurisdictions. So yeah. um, certainly something we're going to keep driving. 
or I can watch this space. We'll put the link uh, in the show notes for people to check check you guys out online. And yep. um, and you've got a, a newsletter as well that you send to people with updates of what you're doing. Yeah, so committeeforadelaide.org.au is probably the best place to go um, in terms of getting information. And adelaideconnected.com.au is if you've come as an expat to South yes. Australia and you're yep. resonating with the clickiness uh, comments that, that we were discussing earlier. <laughs> um, or if you've, and this is an all too common story, you know, finished uni, went interstate or overseas for the, a decade or two and have recently come back, then Adelaide Connected is, is a program rerun that, that's actually really successful. So, um, yeah. It's that's your boomerangs and your arrows. Info. Yep. Boomerangs yep. and arrows. Uh, parting, parting top five tips for leaders. Ooh, I think lead by example. Lead by example. Love it. Never, um, n- like never compromise your integrity. Love it. Integrity is really important. Um, say what you mean and mean what you say. Yep. Um, embrace challenge. Yep. And embrace change. I think too many people don't like challenges or changes. Oh, but we've always done it like this. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's yes. like, I know, we're not doing it like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace the change. You know, people don't, don't, don't really like that. That's brilliant. I love it. I think we need to embrace the change because it's happening whether we like it or not. Exactly. So we may as well just right. jump on the bus, right? Embrace is not a bad thing. Things yeah. only get, if it's a positive change, things can only get better. That's right. You know, it's not a, it's, it's don't, people feel challenged by change because it's not what they're comfortable with or what they're used to. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think that's amazing. So lead by example, never compromise on your integrity. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Uh, embrace challenges and embrace change. Top five tips from Bruce. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been awesome uh, talking with you and I'm looking forward to seeing what unfolds over the next eight years. We should have a midpoint marker and see where you're up to. We should. Thanks, Ali. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, ali.madeformore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.